Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Be Ready Utah. All this year, KSL is partnering on emergency preparedness with Ready Utah to bring you accurate information on important topics. And today we're going to dive into one that's kind of an interesting one. It's usually kind of a doom and gloom, a doomsday scenario conversation. Uh, and it shouldn't be, and it doesn't have to be. It's how safe are nuclear power plants in the United States? Some in the media like to paint that picture. Again, gloom, doom, and all the awful things. But what's the real story? We've got to get be- beyond the headlines there. And to help us do that, Dr. Matt Mehmet, uh, an associate professor at BYU in the Chemical Engineering Department. His research focuses on enhancing the safety of both current and advanced nuclear reactor technology. Dr. Mehmet, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. Great, great to be with you. Well, let's let's start with just the nuclear. Uh, I think most people don't fully understand what and how and why. Uh, just give us a little primer on what is it really? How safe is the technology? Uh, where where are we? Sure. So nuclear energy is very similar to coal or gas in that you're creating heat. The difference is the way that you make the heat is you split uranium atoms. That makes a lot of heat and it doesn't require a lot of uranium to make the same as, you know, several truckloads of coal. And so it ends up being a really energy efficient way to make this heat. The challenge is once you start it, it never fully turns off. You can shut down the reactor, but then you get one, two percent heat still being generated for a long time. And so if you can't get rid of that heat, you run the risk of heating things up until eventually you'll melt the, the, the stuff that contains the fuel and end up having similar situations that we saw at Chernobyl or Fukushima. Uh, and so as you look at that, uh, how how safe is it again? Like I, I mentioned off the top, there's a lot of doom and gloom scenarios there. And obviously we look at a uh, something like Chernobyl, and there, there's clearly worry there. But how safe is the technology? Right, good question. In fact, they did a study around 10 years ago, several scientists, to try and look at how many deaths per terawatt hour of electricity produced each year worldwide occurred. And it turns out of all the different types of energy production, nuclear, counting all of the accidents and everything else, has the very lowest by an order of magnitude, the next in line being hydro energy. So it's actually incredibly, incredibly safe. All right. And uh, tell us about uh, some of the newer technologies that are coming along that uh, maybe are even increasing that safety factor. Right. So there's a lot of advanced reactors that have been researched and developed since almost the 70s. 
Uh, and a lot of those reactors were great ideas, but we didn't quite have the technology to make them happen. Well, now we've had advances in material science and other things to make these advanced reactors happen. And some of them are fairly simple, but make the, the probability of failure lower. For example, uh, the new scale reactor that's going in up in Idaho is going to be a light water reactor, same type that we're familiar with, but the probability of accident is lower because there's no pumps or other mechanical features that could fail and cause problems. But even beyond that, there's there's even more incredible reactors that have been developed and are now coming online. For example, uh, Bill Gates and his company TerraPower is, is looking at putting a sodium reactor in Wyoming. And Idaho National Lab actually tested one of these reactors called the EBR2 some time ago, and they did an experiment where they just shut everything off and lost all power, and that reactor cooled itself off, and was not a safety issue. It was totally safe. And other reactors, such as molten salt reactors that are being researched and developed across the nation, including here in Utah at the, at the research universities, uh, actually it's impossible for those reactors to melt down because of the way that the physics work with this salt that has absorbed the fuel. And so there's a lot of options that take an already safe technology and make it even better and even cheaper. And that's where a lot of the research in nuclear is going right now. Uh, and one of the things that we often see kind of in the, the hype and hysteria space uh, is, you know, what happens if there's a terrorist attack of some sort? Uh, so what what are some of the things that are being done? Safeguards, I guess, is what we're really looking at in terms of making those uh, a little hardened in terms of things like terrorist attacks. Right. So there are several things that are done, both on the engineering scale and also on the personnel and uh, procedure scale. And so, for example, on the engineering scale, several of the current reactors uh, have systems that make it virtually impossible to get into the fuel and get the material that someone would want to perform terrorist acts or make it very difficult for them to make an unsafe situation. In other words, they will automatically turn to a safe uh, state if somebody tries to get in there. But there's also things like procedural safety uh, or personnel, for example. Most nuclear plants have an army of security that is there to help prevent these kinds of things. But perhaps the most interesting is, as I mentioned, some of these new reactors, it is very, very, very difficult to make an unsafe circumstance or even to do things like make a dirty bomb with them. Oh. And so a lot of a lot of this is safety systems, safety procedures, and even just uh, personnel setup that prevent this from happening. Yeah, so important. You mentioned both uh, Fukushima, which is a natural disaster, obviously, that uh, comes into play. Uh, and so having some of those things in place to, to be able to deal with that kind of scenario, Chernobyl obviously was different from that. And then, we, of course, we've also had in the context of the uh, of war in Ukraine uh, with Russian forces right. going into Chernobyl. Give us some idea about some of those things, both from a natural disaster standpoint and then also these acts of terrorism or war. Right. Well, and it's important to keep in mind perspective. Uh, when we talk about Fukushima, there were 18,000 to 20,000 people that lost their lives because of these uh, horrible uh, natural events. And then once the nuclear power plant began this risky meltdown scenario with some side, all the focus turned to that. However, WHO highest estimates of deaths because of Fukushima is right now one. There's a big difference between one and 20,000 people. And so it's important to keep in mind perspective and risk when thinking about those things. 
And when we talk about Russia going into Ukraine, there was concern about what would happen with that. But again, most operating plants, if not all of them worldwide today, have these safety systems and procedures to keep them safe, even in the event of hostile takeover or some kind of other event. Uh, and anything else we should be thinking about in terms of uh, nuclear power and energy, what that really means and uh, how that might play, again, even if it is a, a natural disaster? So I, I would say the biggest thing is to keep in mind that as we get in a more, more and more energy-constrained world where we're concerned about clean energy production and, and lack of pollutants in the air and in our waters, nuclear really has an opportunity to be the cleanest and most prolific producer of power. I don't think that our revolution will ever be a day when it's only nuclear power. We'll need an all-of-the-above scenario, truly. But nuclear can be a strong cornerstone in making just massive amounts of energy. In fact, I mentioned some of these new reactors. There's a reactor known as the molten salt reactor that can run on thorium instead of uranium and pull out of the ground. And there's enough thorium just in the United States and known reserves that this new advanced reactor could power the entire world for about 10,000 years. That's pretty substantial. Wow, that is significant. And and cleaner uh, and better. Uh, I think that's the thing that we're all trying to get to And as we look at everything from energy independence, obviously being an important thing, but having new technology that will allow us to have cleaner ways to provide for that uh, is so important. Fascinating conversation. Dr. Matt Mehmet is an associate professor at BYU in the chemical engineering department. His research focuses on enhancing the safety of both current and advanced nuclear reactor technology. Uh, great stuff today. Dr. Mehmet, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. My pleasure, Boyd. All right. You've been listening to KSL's Emergency Preparedness Series, Be Ready Utah. If you have questions about emergency preparedness or not sure where to start, find the answers at beready.utah.gov. We're going to go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. Some final thoughts on a Thursday. Stay with us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.